Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, again, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this great opportunity to be your vessel. Uh, I love you so much, and I couldn't do this without you. And so, Lord, I put my trust and my confidence in you. And I thank you, Lord, for everyone uh, that hear my voice. And, Lord, I pray that uh, your word would penetrate their heart and they'd be transformed and have a greater love and a greater passion to do kingdom work. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm excited today again uh, to see some faces out there. Uh, and so I hope you guys uh, are ready for a blessing. So I'm getting ready to start this new series called The Life-Giving Church. And a field car is going to be coming on the 28th. So I'm going to do a series, uh, part one, two, three, and four. But Brother Field Carr is going to come. He's going to do a workshop on Friday, uh, the 27th, 26th, uh, at 6 o'clock, and then Saturday morning. And if you have not heard Phil Carr teach, he is a phenomenal trainer. He trains all over the country. You're not going to hear a better trainer. He is extremely, extremely good. So come out. Uh, you want to be a part of it because we're going to relaunch the church. So one of the things about relaunching the church um, uh, to get out there, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people kind of like drifted away, and some people are still nervous and all that. So we kind of like want to relaunch the church. But we're going to kick it off with a life-giving church uh, with the training by uh, Phil Carr. And then on the 28th, we're going to have the big old, big old, huge, wide community event, man, with games and fun activity and food and all that after service. So you want to invite your friends. It's going to be on the radio. You'll hear about it. It's going to be your church. So uh, you get to talk about it and be all excited about it, right? But I want to talk about uh, the life-giving church, uh, the life-giving church, part one. Everybody say part one. So I want to open it up. And I want you to understand about Tasha. She already nods. She's like, yep, it's me. All right, right. So it's so nice to have you home, sweetheart. Uh, the life-giving church, remember the life-giving church, it always starts. Uh, uh, if you're going to have any kind of church and uh, of any magnitude, it's always going to start with the individual. Everything, hey. All right. Hey, I'm all right. You tricked me, man. You slipped in on me. You got me, right? So uh, remember, it's important that it's about you first. A lot of times people say it's not about you, but it really is about you. Uh, so when Jesus was talking uh, to Peter, here's what he said to Peter. In the King James Version, uh, he said it like this. And I say also unto thee, Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now watch what he says. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right? So the New Living Translation said, Now I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, which means the rock, right? And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I want you, I want you to hear me and hear me well. Because it's a great shift is about to happen. So Jesus is having this conversation with his apostles. And he's having this conversation with his apostles. And there had been a lot of rumor, man. His popularity was starting to grow. The church, I mean, the church was really had not been established yet. He was just moving throughout the earth, man, preaching about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God was about the good news that God is about to do something magnificent in the earth. He's about to transform the world like never, ever before. They had been up under the law. 
and uh, they've been following the laws and the regulations, man, of the Old Testament. And God is about to introduce this new covenant into the world. And it was going to change lives. And, and so Jesus said, listen, a lot of people are talking, but you guys have been really, really close to me, and you've been walking with me, talking with me. Uh, uh, we've been in tight circles. He says, I know what they're saying about me, but I need to know what are you saying about me. Right? He said, I need to know personally, man, how do you feel about me, or are you like some of the other people who wishy-washy? Right? So they answered him and said, we know that thou art the Christ. We recognize who you are. We recognize that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So then Jesus tells him, he says, listen to me. That's important to me because flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. My father did it, right? Now, it's important. I want you to understand this now. So when he's telling them that, what he's saying to them is, it's a shift is about to take place, and God has transformed you like never before. So then he tells Peter, now here's what he says. And I say unto thee, all right, now this is what we talk to Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, right, he's, this is the foundation of it. This is the foundation of the building block. Something is about to happen. So he says, upon thee, he said, watch what he says. I'm going to build my group. I'm going to pull out a group of people that's going to change the world and it's going to start with you. He said, we're about to do something, man, that's going to change the world for years to come. Now that you got it. Because uh, people don't get it. A lot of people come to church, man, but they don't get it. You don't know who you are. A lot of times, man, we move, Edis, and we go about, and we come to church, and we go to Bible study, we, we read our devotionals, man, but we don't really know who we are, right? Uh, so when God revealed to Peter, man, who he was, it was a difference maker, right? So he says, and once you got it, Satan and all of his demons in hell is not going to be able to stop it when you recognize who you are and whose you are. And, and once you understand that you was created in my image and you really get it, it's a game changer because they didn't get it, right? So he wanted to let us know uh, uh, that we're going to be a life-giving church. You got to know who you are. You can't minister, you can't do work, you can't do mission work, you can't do, am I getting the feedback? Maybe it's in my head. I know it's kind of big, but you know what I'm saying? Right? Now, if, before you can do anything, before you can help anybody, man, you got to know who you are. Right? And he said, listen, it's important for you, Greg, you got to know who you are, otherwise you won't move on behalf of me. And you're going to be challenged from every turn. But you are special. All right? Once you understand that, that's the significance of who Jesus was. When he says, uh, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, he sent Jesus into the world to let you know who you are and whose you are and what you can be and what you can do. So Jesus was very significant 
in the sense that he was a human being showing you the power of God in a person. Right? And, and that's the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit inside of you because you can't change the world, man, without the Spirit. Even though it's in you, man, it's almost like it's dormant because you don't know. But once you know, the very gates of hell can't stop you. When you know who you are, it doesn't matter what you're going against. It don't matter who come against you. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. It won't happen. You already know that no weapon, I don't care what you throw at me, Satan, you ain't got a snowball chance in hell. I got this because I'm backed by the greatest king and the greatest power ever, ever was on earth. The power that's backing me actually spoke the world into existence. So, so I got a very, very powerful force behind me. So, so you need to understand. So what Jesus said, y'all don't, well, I shouldn't say Jesus. God said, y'all don't really understand who you are. You don't recognize who you are. So I got to come down, and I got to come in human form. So he really embodied himself, man, in a person to show you, man, what you can do. Watch what he did. He conquered death. He said, death can't even hold you. I know that's all. Well, he got, no, death. We finally get it. I I didn't understand uh, uh, Pentecost. I did not understand until God revealed it to me that I ain't dying. He said, you're not going to die. He said, because when you had AJ, you kept living. He said, all you did was reproduce yourself over again. He said, I want you to understand something. Now, this is important to understand this power. This is very, very powerful. So when he tells him this, now he's telling Peter the game has changed, right? The game has changed because now you're going to change the lives of other people. Jesus, how do they know? How do they know? How do they know that you're going to be with them always? He said, because they love. He said, because I love them so much when they were no good. When they were out there, he said, I loved them despite. He said, when you made your biggest mistake, I loved you. He said, I never left you. When you thought it was all over, you had nowhere to go, I was right there with you. Why did I do it? Because I know what I have for you. Right? So in Romans, when, when, when Paul was writing in Romans, he says, therefore, I'm begging you. I'm urging you. I'm begging you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why do you say that? Because God needs your body in this earth to do what he got to do, but you got to give it to God and work on behalf of him. Some of you all are so gifted that it's amazing. God gave you a gift in your body, and because of the gift that's inside of you, people are made better because of you. Right? Now, listen, because God works through you. Uh, you know, how many people, man, you was down and out and somebody came and they gave you a word of encouragement? It was just God speaking to you through them. That's all it was. Uh, when you did something for somebody and you made a difference in their life, that was God working through you to really be a blessing to them. And he said, now listen, so understand that your body is important because you're going to move in the earth and I gave you some gifts and talents so everybody know that it was me and not you. You didn't even know you could do it, but you did it. You didn't know you was that gifted, but you were. You didn't have the confidence in you, but God let everybody else see it in you. 
right? And, 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 but once you recognize that it's not I, but Christ living in me, and then I, all, all hell, look out hell, look out Satan, you better watch out because I'm about to do something special. Now, once I know, that's what the key was for Peter. Once Peter says, listen, I know who you are. I know who's living inside of me now. I get it. I get it. He said, now we can change the world. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, right? So he tells him, then he goes on this second part, and this is what he says. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Because what Satan is going to do, Satan is going to always try to get you, man, to yield to the fleshly desires and things that's going on in the world. But you got to have a spiritual mindset. It's a shift from the physical, really, to the spiritual. That's why when we, I talked to you guys in the last series that you, these five senses are feeding you, and God is trying to talk to you through his word, and we want to listen to his word. The more we get into the, the people that get into the word get it. Because it's almost like filling up their car with gasoline. They just keep running and never run out of gas. They're like, I, I'm never, I can drive forever because I got gasoline. It's almost when you're looking in the mirror of the spirit and you get into the word of God, you can conquer anything. We'll say it again. We are more than conquerors. So now I got this fuel and I'm just going and I'm not, I'm being fueled by the Holy Spirit. Now I get it. I'm few. That's why they didn't have no fear. Bury me upside down. Boil me in hot oil. I don't care because I know I ain't dying. Greatest heat is in me. They didn't have any fear. They had no fear once they got it and realized who they are. Once you know who you are, then not a devil in hell can stop you. And, and, and then you're not afraid of nothing. You walk in knowing that you back by the greatest king ever. And I got this spirit backing me like never before. So he says, uh, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal. You got to rethink it and realize the mind doesn't change till I realize that, oh my God, it's all because of Christ. I am what I am because of him. Now I get it. Now I get it. I didn't go to college, but I'm smart enough to do it. Now I realize who helped me do it. Why did I have the gift without being trained? How did I get it? The world said you had to be trained. He said, listen, no, you don't. He says, I got this because I already put it inside of you. He says, listen, all they did was cultivate and pull it out of you, man, what I had already put in you. Right? And so he says, he said, then you will be able to be tested and prove what is good and will and this good and pleasing and perfect, really, will of God. Now I understand God's will. Now I got it, right? And so uh, I want you to look at this here. So in St. John, the 14th chapter, uh, Tiffany, it said the spirit of truth. Everybody said the spirit of truth. Now the spirit of truth, man, is the Holy Spirit, right? Now watch this here. Spirit, once I got it, man, this is like, this is a game changer, right? Right? Uh, the world, everybody said the world. The world cannot accept him. The people that don't know God and don't have a relationship can't accept it. But watch this here. Because they neither seize him nor know him, because they need to see something. But those who live by the Spirit, those who understand, watch what he says. But you know him. How do you know him, Edis? I know him. 
because he lives with me. I know he's with me. I know he's always with me. But here's the big key to Brad. I know he's in me. All right? So I know I can't do nothing. I know I am what I am because of him. I know that the Holy Spirit is with me and it's in me. So since it's with me and it's in me, no devil in hell. I don't care who he used. I don't care who he worked through. He cannot deal with me. I'm telling you, because I know he's with me because he is greater than Satan. So if he's greater than Satan, whatever Satan throw at you, right, he can only touch you. Now, read Joe. He can only touch you if God allow him to touch you. And here's the beauty of it. Here, here's the beauty, Warren. This is what I know. This, here's what I know that I know, right? Because whatever happens to me, it only happened because he allowed it to happen. Because he, uh, well, here's, here, here's what he told Jeremiah. You got to see what he told Jeremiah. This is what he told Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Listen, I already know the plans I have for you. And the plans I have for you is not for you to fail. So it's everything that's happening to you is working together for your good. So when everybody else crying and boohooing, you say it's working together for my good. I, I, I remember uh, uh, one day our dean and I went on a vacation. And we went on a vacation, and we was all excited, had a nice vacation. But we came home, Brandon, and we came home, and the basement was flooded uh, literally about this deep. Water everywhere. All, everything in the basement was gone, right? And I said, man. And then the Lord said, you got insurance. <laughs> and, 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 and watch this here. I wasn't paying but pennies on a dollar. They gave me almost $30,000 to redo my whole basement, right? The devil thought he had me, but God says, for your good. But so, so when you're dealing with something, when your faith is in God and you operate in God, it's always working together for your good. That's why I know when he's in me and he's with me, no devil in hell can stop me. So I know because I understand who he is. That's what he's telling Peter. Ah, Peter, you are the church. Peter's like, oh, yeah, I got it. He said, because you're going to be me with skin on it. He said, because, now watch this. Everybody said, Jesus with skin on it. That's what God was showing us. What God was showing us was he gave us a human being with a skin on it. And he showed us the power of this human being, man, with skin on it. And he's showing you that what this human being could do that has skin on it with him working in him. So everything that Jesus touched, every enemy tried to, even death couldn't conquer him. The very thing that they thought had him couldn't stop him. So everything, all the, the whole Roman, the, listen, the whole Roman Empire couldn't stop him. The whole religious community couldn't stop him. Because if God is for you, he's more than the whole world against you. So you have to know who you are. And, and that's the whole purpose of man, realize that God is living with me and he's in me. You know what? I want to think that I'm representing him in every situation. Right? So I don't take on the mindset of the world because I already know he has a plan for me. All right? I, I already know that. Right? So in Genesis, I mean, in, in Galatians, when Paul was writing to the church of Galatea, he says, it is 
for freedom that Christ has set us free. He says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And he wasn't talking about slavery, chattel slavery. He was talking about your sin nature, man. It got a control of you and it's running you. He said, you're no longer, man, a slave to your sin nature. You're no longer a slave to the world. The world don't control you no more. He said, you're in Christ. He said, now you got the power. He said, that thing can't hold you no more. Your sin nature don't have power. I don't have to yield to Satan when he try to tempt me with something that I know is not godly. I don't care what you throw up. I don't care what you think I like, Satan. You can't tempt me with something and, and yield, and I yield to it not as long as I'm walking in Christ. You only get me, man, when I walk away from the spirit and try to walk in the flesh. Then you got me. Then God said, you're not going to trip my child. You're not going to trick him. Then he said, and then he put repentance in. So in the event that you make a mistake and he catch you slipping, God says, I tell you what, say you're sorry, turn, and I got you. I'm going to put you right back on the right path. He said, but I, your, your heart got to be right. He said, your spirit man got to be right. Because if your spirit man not right and you just sin in your flesh, you're going to do it again. And, and, and say no if you're real. But he can't touch you, man, when you operate in the spirit of God. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit is there? And he's there, and he's telling you. And here's how powerful it is. He's always telling you. He's always telling you, I got you. Don't do it. Don't you let Satan trick you. Don't you do it. Just stick. Don't take that money. Don't, don't go over there. You ain't got Don't even answer the phone. Don't, don't, don't do No, you ain't got to work that deal out. No. He's telling you on every turn. And says, oh, yes, you did. You, you can get a few extra dollars here. He said, no, don't do it. It ain't worth it. He said, because it's going to destroy your name. And I worked hard to give you this good name. Remember, you wasn't nothing. You grew up nothing. They thought you weren't going to be about anything. He said, I made you important. I made the people think you somebody when you really ain't nobody. He said, don't let Satan trick you and make you make a mistake. And then you lie about something and your whole name is ruined again. And now I got to fight to pull you back up because you don't even believe it. My biggest battle is with you because once you make a mistake, you won't forgive yourself. He said, now, that's why I gave you my Holy Spirit, so you can live and move as though you're moving with me. He said, we together on every turn, every which way we go, I'm with you. He said, I never leave you, nor for say, whatever you're going through, he said, I got you. Right? He said, now, some people may think they're somebody special, and they may think they're this, and they're this, and they're that. He said, but listen to me. I don't care who they think they are. You just walk in righteousness and watch me show you who I am when you're dealing with them. Won't he do it? All right. So, so then he goes on and he says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that account is what? Faith expressing itself through what? Love. So he got into the thing and Paul was dealing with his circumcision and this law thing and all this stuff. He said, listen, man. All that stuff, all the rituals, man, the holidays and all that kind of stuff. He said, man, that stuff don't matter. He said, the only thing matter, man, is you expressing yourself through love. People want to know how you care. They want to know how you feel. That's going to only happen, man, when you operate in me. You got to operate in me. He said, you got to make me the center of your joy. He said, I got to be the one to move it. He said, I'm the one. He said, because uh, all the other stuff that's going on, 
don't none of it matter. He said, all that circumcision and, and this is the covenant, here's the real covenant. They're going to know you mine by the love you show. He said, now, the reason I gave you my spirit, because I wanted to change the world, right? So when Jesus was praying all the time and he was getting results, his disciples said, teach us how to pray. So when he started to teach them how to pray, if you read the Lord's Prayer, it was all about others. It was all about incorporation. It was all about family, because he knew that we were a team. And that's important for us to understand, right? That's the difference, man, in being in the spirit, man, than operating in the flesh. Right? That's, that's, that's the difference, right? So he goes on and says, he said, you, my brothers, and listen to very good. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, listen to Paul talk to the Galatians. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. He said, listen, don't let your sin nature, now watch this, that's the battle. Here's the battle of the spiritual man versus sin. He said, don't let your sin nature take control of you and you start doing stuff contrary to the word when I'm telling you is you are what you are because of me and your relationship with me. And that's why he talks about that peace when he's dealing with the freedom. He said, because he don't want you in bondage, man, to your sin nature and it's about you. If you're selfish and it's about you, man, then you operate with your sin nature and now you're in bondage to it because it's controlling you. He said, this should never have any control of you at, at all. He said, how do you know? Because then you start to look at other people differently like I see people. He said, you won't see people like trees. You'll see them like men. He said, you'll see because the love. He said, in the humility. So he, then he goes, I'm, I'm about to wrap this thing up in about another 45 minutes. Stay with me. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. All right, now. So then he, he goes on and says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. And this, now, this is why the life-giving church is about you first. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. And why is that? Now, I can't love nobody better than I love me. I, I, I can't love nobody. I was dealing with a couple, and the, and, 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 the, and the girl said, listen, do you really love me if you don't love you? You can't say you love me and you don't love you. You can't tell me you love me and you're trying to kill you. Who who you fooling? You ain't tricking me. You're just saying words. Right? Now, and here's the deal. That's why it was important he asked Peter, said, who do you say I am? Because it's really your relationship with Christ. And once they understand who you are, and you then, then I can love you if I love me. Well, how do I love me? Once I know who I am in him. And I realize who I am. I don't care what's been going on. As long as I know who I am in Christ, I got this. Right? He said, if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be what? Destroyed by each other. He said, listen, I want, I want you to understand. When it's all about you and you try to step on other people to get what you want, right, and you try to hurt other people, he says, watch out. It's coming back. Because this community was built differently. This community was built with God being the center of it. And his whole balance is love. Everything about him is love. And love is not about you. Love gives away. Because I love myself. Oh, I love me more than anybody else in the world. I can tell how much you love you by the way you treat others. Because it's inside of you. And I'm, I'm, we're going to wrap it up. Here's what I want to wrap it up with. For God says something in Psalms. 
He said, I knew you before you was ever conceived in your mother's womb. I want you to think about this. Before you, he said, I already knew you. I knew everything about you. And I knew before you came here, I had a plan for your life. And that plan included me. And you were going to represent me. He said, so we had a plan in heaven, and we was in heaven, and we talked about you before you got here. And we had a discussion, said, what are we going to do with Brad? He says, well, we're going to give Brad our spirit so he can represent us. And he gets to have dominion, but he can't have dominion over his players. He can only love them. But he can have dominion over things. But, but, but he got a coach. He says, well, just love them and watch me move them. Because you don't have to be any good in life. If you love people, God going to give you the gift to make you good at what you do. God is not going to let you fail when you operate out of love. Because you operate out of him. He's going to bring you, even if you don't know, he's going to bring something. He's going to bring somebody to you to give you what you need. I don't have to be that good at anything. All I got to do is love. If I love, then God going to do the rest. He's going to bring me the training and everything because I love you so much, I'm going to be good at what I do. When I'm good at what I don't have any money, though, I can't afford the training, then they give it to you for free. I, got, I applied for something. I was in, in a, uh, applied for uh, uh, this fellowship uh, to go to Canada for five days, all expense paid, they paid for my flight and everything else. It was only like 15 people across the country that get it, right? So all these pastors across the country, man, they all went to theological seminary and all that, all these guys. So I said, I'm going to apply anyway. You know, I ain't been through all that stuff. I said, I'm going to apply. And so I wrote the little thing and sent it in. I knew I wasn't going to get it, right? I just did to be doing it. And they called me and said, oh, we just want you know you've been picked. Now, here's the thing. The whole thing is about going in and then doing a spiritual retreat. Watch this, Dale. So you can get stronger for your congregation. God said, because you love them, I'm going to make sure you got what you need to be able to feed them. He said, all you got to do is love me and love the people. He said, then I'm going to make sure you get, guess how much it cost me? Nothing. So, so it was a grant that somebody donated all this money to this Lily grant and said, we're going to pay for all expenses, all your meals, your flight, all this stuff, your lodging and everything else. That's what God will do when you love God and when you and you love his people. When you love his people, he's going to give you whatever job you own, whatever you're doing, you don't have to worry about the people training you right. You just love the people and God will make sure they train you. So the life-giving church, it's not about coming to Kingdom Embassy. It's really about being Jesus with skin on it. Because the church really goes out. We just come here and, and, and learn to play, and then now we're going to break the huddles, Steve, and run the place so the world can see what play we ran. That, that, that's what we do here. That, that, that's all this is. We just in the huddle, y'all. We're in, we in the locker room. Right? So now y'all all know the play. We got to break the huddle. Now we got to go out there and run the play. So how you run? We don't know. Everybody know what play to run. Now we know what routes to run. We know who got to block what. what is, everything is centered on love. So when we leave here, we know exactly what to do. We need to what? Love everybody. So we know to play. Won't he do it? Everybody stand to your feet.
Give the Lord a hand clap. So Paul says this in Galatians 5 and 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. Walk with God in mind. Everything you do, do it with God in mind. Every move you make, move with God intention. Knowing that he's with you and he's on your mind. And then watch the world get transformed. I already know. I see it in you all. You in here, man, because of love. If you didn't feel the love, you wouldn't come back. You wouldn't be here. Let's bow heads. Maybe somebody out there, man, that don't know. They don't know God. They don't know anything about God. They say, I don't know. I just came to church today. I don't know anything about Jesus Christ. I don't know anything about loving him. But I want to get to know. If you don't know and you want to get to know, raise your hand and put it down real fast. I ain't going to make you come. I, ain't gonna, I know you're nervous and think I'm going to have you walk it up, up front. I ain't going to do that to you. I won't do it. So I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for giving me an opportunity to be in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the blessing. Amen. The altar is going to be open for those who need prayer. Those who want to have a, someone to pray with you, the altar is going to be open. If you want to be a member of this church and you want to be a part of the kingdom family, uh, someone will give you a card. You can put your name on it, and then I'll reach out to you. All right? If you want to be a blessing to Kingdom Embassy, uh, we ask you to make a donation. Write out to Kingdom Embassy Covenant Church. You can write a check. You can go on Giveify, all the different ways you can give. You can go on our website. But we can't do this work without you. Amen? So I want to challenge you all to be tr- trust God in your giving. You know, trust God in your giving. We can't make it, man, on $2. We just can't do it. Right? You guys have been good to us. Everybody say good. And I, I thank God every day. Every time I talk to pastors, I always talk about how good you guys have been in the kingdom ministry. You guys have been a blessing. Keep on doing what you're doing. That's why I don't beg for anything because you guys bless us all the time. Right? So thank you all. Dear Lord, as we leave this place, never ever your presence, I ask you, Lord, to go into every individual heart. And make yourself real.